love at first sight more like love at first bite if you're a foodie then you're going to thoroughly enjoy this episode because in this episode i'm going to be sharing the five struggles all foodies face that regular people will never understand if this is your first time here i share relatable stories every week on this podcast to help you never feel bored again make sure you subscribe to never miss out on future episodes and with that being said let's get into today's episode for the new people who don't know what foodies are let me read a quick definition for you foodie is a person with a particular interest in food or gourmet i've been a foodie for as long as i can imagine right that that's what all foodies would say but how did i identify right how did i know that i was a foodie right so here are some things that if you have some of these then you could call yourself a foodie okay i tend to eat very often right now you know if you're a foodie and you love food you're constantly going to eat food right so before meals between meals after meals i'm constantly eating some food or the other the second one is food on my mind all the time right if you're a foodie you of course love food and this if you love food of course whatever you love it's always on your mind so it's always and you're always imagining and you're drooling over the beautiful desserts your beautiful main course and your starters your exotic food and your cuisines it's always on your mind right before meals during meals and after meals food is always on my mind right see <laughs> what are we having next right like that's the always see if you're a foodie you know this like what are we having next right you, you just had a meal right whether it be a breakfast lunch or dinner you or you if no matter whether you had it just now or just a couple of minutes back you know you're like what's what am i going to have next right you're constantly thinking what is the next meal after this <laughs> if you ever had a feeling like that right that i when you just had food but you're again constantly thinking about the next meal drop a like on this video to let me know that yes you think that way uh three best part of my day is when i eat i mean of course right when you <laughs> see the thing is when you eat food when you eat food like uh, some see some so the for us for regular foodies right for regular for regular people my god for regular people food is food right you food you go in you know like they're not whether they're kind of fussy eaters they don't enjoy food to its maximum potential right they like eating because they know you need food for survival right but for us foodies it's much more than that we are feeling sad we are low we are feeling one of the 10 negative emotions right so we are like the food doesn't it just doesn't help us survive right in terms of replenishing the nutrients but it also uplifts our mood right <laughs> replenish myself with all the delicious food and energize myself till the next meal fourth i think if i'm not lost count already i wish to have every dish on the menu now now isn't this relatable right if you are a foodie you if you know like how much you love food how much you always die to eat more and try all of it so whenever you go to your favorite restaurant right you see the menu and it's your favorite cuisine and you just love all the dishes but of course with the money constraints you can't order all of it right but you wish you could and you want to taste all of the things on the menu i just you know like you just want to say this i know you imagine right i know you're sitting in this restaurant and a waiter comes up to you and you're like uh yeah i can just give you the entire menu just bring the entire menu i know you're thinking this in your head but in the mouth outside your mouth you're just saying a couple of two dishes three dishes because again the money constraints uh, <laughs> um i attended social gatherings depending on the menu now isn't this relatable if the menu right uh, of the whatever the food is uh, that is getting served at the event the banquet the wedding the whatever it is is it if it isn't compelling enough you know we are not going right because like if it's not we are not uh, i have lost track so let's just go to the next point i feel attracted to people who make good food now this is good okay <laughs> my future girls got to cook fire food to even have a chance at having me my mom's doing good right 
See, since I am appreciative of food and I love food so much, I am of course going to be attracted to someone who has very good culinary skills, right? Who can cook really good food and who is naturally good at it and who loves to cook, right? So it's a win-win. The person who making the food is loving to do that, and I'm on the receiving end who is loving to eat it, right? Consume it. So it's a win-win for the both parties. Now that we have <laughs> my food experiences out of the way, let's get into the five struggles all foodies face. One, not understanding people who think seafood is gross. I mean, what? What? I mean, how? I mean, I just don't understand this. Like, is is this a joke? Like, no. What is who wrote this in the script? No, I. No, what? Wait. What? <laughs> I am so confused right now. For you listening, if you don't eat seafood, I don't understand why you're missing out on such good of a stuff, right? You you have any idea what the seafood has to offer? Have you ever tasted the freshness, the juiciness, and the taste of the seafood, right? Your prawns, your lobsters, and all the different types of fish. And it also has a nutrient aspect of it. You know that, right? You have the fish, fishes. Some fishes have omega three, which is a very important nutrient in the body. So I mean, you're really missing out on some really good cuisine. Again, there are two factors. The because I which I think you are you are not eating it. Two, three. Let's take it three, right? <laughs> One is you're close-minded, right? And that is making you like, nah, I just don't want to touch it. You know, like you're too close-minded. Like I just don't want to touch food. You know, like all that stuff. Two, the second factor would be your religion prohibits you from eating seafood, which is completely acceptable. I forgive you guys. And three, you just hate seafood, right? You just taste it and you gag at seafood, which I don't know how it is possible, but it is possible for some people. Of course, when everybody likes everything, but I hope you're not the third. I hope you're not the first one, right? Who is still close-minded and with a mental block and just rumors like chi chi, and you're not eating the food, right? I want you to at least give it a try. If not anything, make sure at least from the end of this episode. You go and give seafood a try, okay? We foodies know how delicious seafood is, and if you're not going to try it, it's really going to hurt for me, right? Not for your friends, not for your family, not for your relatives, but for at least me. Go home and give seafood a try. Let's go into point number two, right? Uh, the overwhelming need to order something different every time you eat out. Let me explain. You go to a restaurant, right? Like your favorite cuisine, or like any restaurant for that matter, right? And you go. And we are like we. The, the thing is, we cannot like. This is like a morale or a value of a foodies, right? We cannot order the same thing on the menu, right? If we order something same on the menu, right, twice in a row, or like the when the next time you visit, it's like a sin, right? It's like we made the biggest mistake, and we cannot be forgiven. For, forgiven. Now, for regular people, will be like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, it's just food. You eat the same thing again. Like, you eat the same dal chawal every single day. What your mom eats, right? But you're not understanding, right? We don't have control over what our mom makes, but we do have control about what we can order in the restaurant. And you need to understand there are two reasons why we feel sinful to order the same thing twice. One is because there's so much food in the world, so many cuisines, so many dishes, so many things to try. And if you're going to order the same thing twice, not only are you wasting money eating the same thing which you've already eaten, but two, you're missing out on an opportunity to eat something new and try something new. So I hope you're understanding. It is not easy to be a foodie, and that is a struggle. So we have to always make sure we try something new or to satisfy our palate. <laughs> okay, let's move on to point number three: the never and <laughs> the never-ending need to try new foods. The thing is, I'm never satisfied honestly with anything I make or eat. Usually, I'm talking about homemade food. Not that there's a problem with uh, the food, but there's a problem with me. I want to make a dish better. Oh, it's better already. Why not make it best? A little bit of cheese, salt, butter. You know, like you know, like you, you get the gist. 
I'm an experimenter when it comes to new food. Okay, innovating the old ones and creating new ones. I mean, it's my jam. I mean, dishes are good and all, but once you eat them uh, a certain amount of time, the food gets complacent, right? The masalas, the spice doesn't hit you like the like it did you the first time or the first couple of times. So I take up the responsibility to do whatever it takes in my capacity to innovate a dish to bring out its flavors. Sometimes it may be playing with the proportions. and sometimes it may be adding completely something new to the dish it doesn't go well most of the time but when it does some <laughs> but when it girl when it does the, the the new dish comes out so good that you can't go back to the original now what i'm about to share forward are some of the dish i've reinvented like some of the common day to day dishes that we make in a house very simple basic dishes which we make in a house i've reinvented them for my liking now they might be super cringe super weird I'm like a weird freak right now after you listen to them but trust me be open minded towards this for the segment okay now let me explain first i adding egg to maggi now <laughs> okay hold on hold on so it's like you see right on the packet of the maggi cover right maggi's instant noodles for i don't know if there's a person on this planet who doesn't know what it is there there's always egg right but whenever we, whenever i had egg whenever i had maggi the instant noodles It's just noodles, right? You're just putting powder and dry noodles, and then that's it, right? You're just there's there's no substance to it, right? Maggi lacks substance. Everything is so soft and mushy. There's no difference in texture. That's where egg comes in, right? It in uh, <laughs> in a great addition, which brings difference in texture, right? Because the egg tastes different. It's a type of meat, non-veg, and it also brings protein as well. So that's like how I started putting egg to my Maggi. Like it, it basically takes wherever my Maggi is. Again, I'm non-vegetarian. So for vegetarians, you can of course avoid it. But I think some non-vegetarians, -veg uh, vegetarians have egg as well, if I'm correct, or something. There's something on that. Anyways, so yeah, so <laughs> the regular maggi can be taken to the next level in all all factors, right? When you just add an egg. Two boneless dal gosh. Now dal gosh is like a basically a, a meat dish with meat and bones and curry, and then you eat it with your choice of bread. That can be pav, chapati, whatever it is, right? Now the thing was when you make dal gosh, right? You need to put the bones in the curry. in the dish when you're making it and when you're boiling it so that the, you know like you get the flavor of the bones right that's the the thing right the majority of the dishes require the flavor of the bones now the problem with that is when you're putting the bones in the dish when you're already closing it sometimes the bones break right sometimes the bones break into smaller pieces and so once it is cooked and when you're serving the dal gosh and eating it and you know how i like to eat of course you don't know i'm telling you for the first time i like everything boneless and i love to have it a very smooth experience without uh, you know like being bothered right i i i see i love to eat quick and i love to eat fast and i love, I love to eat hot so i can well, just soon take the this thing and it's in my mouth i'm i'm going to bite really hard hard i'm not able to speak i want to speak bite really hardly and I'm, and if there's a bone in my mouth i'm going to break my teeth so i don't want anything obstructing that right so back then when my mom used to make it that way there were bones in it so the problem was it's not much of an enjoying experience i'm not talking about big bones right the thing that's covering the meat no i'm talking about small broken bones which is which i included in the gravy which is really annoying because when you're trying to eat it nicely you're biting it it's like the bones are coming out then you have to remove the bone and then you every time you have to eat cautiously you know trying to figure out where the bone is and all. it's this is this is what this is what makes a dish patel why why is it so much of a struggle to eat food right why is it so much of a struggle that's what annoyed me that's what annoyed me and if you've ever felt this way and you have the same views just smash that like button down there anyway so i so what i did was i devised a plan right i have to reinvent it to make it good i told mom you know what i just need to do something i can't have bones in my dal gosh right i need i need you to do something 
Then my, I told my mom, you know what, just put them in a cloth bag and then you put it inside the cooker and then you like cook it basically. What happened was, so what happens then is when you're putting it like that, the bones are in the bag. So if they even break, they're still in the bag, right? Bag as in a cloth bag or something, right? You know, like a cloth. So it doesn't come out. And still, because the cloth, obviously, you can, uh, cloth gets wet and all that stuff, your bone juice comes through. That's no problem. And after that, after that, once I reinvented that dish, I have been having boneless dalgosh for days and I'm enjoying it. And the flavor is still the same. Still getting this exact same flavor and you're getting the convenience of eating it without the bones. <laughs> I really went hard in that. I'm very passionate about food, let me tell you. And I'm very, very critical of the food I eat because I have a very, very good sense of taste. I, I can identify, distinguish a lot of flavors with my uh, tongue and I'm very, very, you know, like particular and picky about my flavors. Uh, three, I guess this is. Adding cheese slices to cheese maggie. Now, you know, instant noodles come in all different flavors. And apart from the masala and spicy flavors, there also come cheese maggie, right? And even in the cheese maggie, instant noodles, they're basically giving you powder to add in there. And a powdered cheese can do only so much of a difference to your maggie, right? <clears throat> Personally, I, I feel disgusted to eat this, uh, this stuff. But still, you have to make this better. So what I did was, the powdered cheese is basically like a scab because it's like not even actual cheese at the end of the day, right? So I had to do something. Simple, that this was simple because I just needed to add actual cheese slices or like some cheese scoops in there and it actually makes the uh, the, the noodles actually thick, you know, like it gives it consistency on the stuff, instant noodles. Now, I'm giving you ideas, right? For you food freaks listening, take these ideas, jot them down. And for you, of course, close-minded people, you judge me for all you can. Again, I'm not stopping you. But for you food freaks who love to experiment and try something new, give it a try. Again, if you spit it out and you're having gag reflexes, then it's just me that I'm weird. But again, if you love it, you can always thank me, right? I have, you know, I have open-minded to just make dishes better. Okay, I told you that. Uh, Okay, now burger sauce to dry burgers. Now, whenever, uh, so the thing is, in our house, uh, we used to make burgers, right? Burgers as in the sense, we used to bring the burger bread, like the outside burger bread, and we used to bring those ready-made patties, like patties, and then we used to just fry them and assemble them together with some veggies in the middle, sometimes mayo, and then we used to eat it, right? And the problem was the burger patty is so thick and so spongy and so dry, and even the patty itself, it's just crunchy and dry, and the veggies are also dry. You're basically having dry things assembled together, so it's not a full experience. And because you're making it at home and it's not like a fast food place, it does still does have the flavor. It lacks it. It was so dry. It was flavorless. There was no masala. There was no spice. There was nothing in it. So I, dis I devised another plan to make this creamy, juicy, flavorful, masala, spicy, everything. I had to make this better. I came up with the burger sauce. <coughs> Homemade burger sauce, of course. So in this, basically what goes is if you put in a small decoction, you put a little bit of shizwan sauce, you put a little bit of tomato ketchup, you put a little bit of mayonnaise, and then you put a little bit of the fourth ingredient that is cheese bread. I know like with what you put, you put all these ingredients together, what are you coming up with the, the dirt, dirt water in your canals? No, trust me. Once you put this in and once you, and you just put it like very sparingly in the middle of your buns and then you eat it, the dry buns become all of a sudden become so juicy and so wet, you know, like moist. It's not dry anymore in your mouth and you're getting the cheese flavor, the spice and masala, you're getting the shizwan, you're getting everything, it's the best of all worlds into one, right? And I'm all about that flavor. <laughs> okay, making homemade pizza bread, when then ready-made. This is again, the thing was, our mom used to, when we used to make pizzas at home, right? And whenever he has to make pizzas at home, my mom used to bring the pizza bread, like it's, it was like a circular thing from the bakery or not. And the problem was the bakery is giving you such thick crust, right? And it's like, it's, I wouldn't call it the crust. The entire thing was basically so thick or everywhere equally and it is so crunchy. It is not even like an actual pizza bread. So we were having this subpar quality pizza at home. 
it's so crunchy and you're putting this stupid tangy burger sauce that they sell all the all on the shelves which i just don't understand why i have to like reinvent that but for now i reinvented the the slice at itself you know like the bottom the thing that bread that's made up of always the topping is the yeah that i think you call it the crust or something if i'm correct but the i think the crust is at the corners of it so i don't know what it's pizza i don't know what's called anyways correct me in the comments of course i the relatable story scott is way smarter than me i've always knew that you guys are full of potential coming back to the point so i told mom mom please give it a try make your dough and you actually make the you know like the bottom thing the bread of the pizza bread just i think it's called pizza bread so make the pizza bread right don't don't bring that crunchy stupid thing whatever that thing is it is not what we want to eat my mom gave it a shot and she made it so delicious you know like the actual thing you know how the slice is thin and how the, it is on like the uh, pizza hut and the dominoes like yeah, outside she literally made it so good i on a first try she decided to uh, make it like uh, the cheese boss you know like the cheese boss where in between the bottom pizza bread slices there's cheese and even in the crust there's a layer of cheese so like that she did that and it turned out so beautiful and if you put efforts and if you try to make something better and if you strive for something better you can always come out with better results and that is exactly what i did when it comes to making dishes better and experimenting i've written so much stuff here but i just wanted to go out on the top of my uh, mind okay fourth fourth struggle <clears throat> realizing you are eating something awesome that you will probably never eat again one of course is exotic food right when we are traveling right we are going to goa we are going to london we are going to switzerland we are going to any place which is known for its exo- exotic cultural cuisine and food and speciality which is only locked or uh, which is uh, exclusive to that particular place place and you are eating it you are like oh i love this food but the problem is you are going to miss it because of course you are not living there right you have gone there for visiting so you are going to miss that right which is pretty obvious everybody knows this right i'm talking about the other struggle okay the other struggle now you must be wondering what struggle is rail and talking about let me explain have you ever gone to a wedding a banquet a event or a, a place where there are there is a buffet system for the for the method of distribution of food let's take the most popular example weddings right here we get invited to a lot of weddings right and then uh, on the wedding there's a, there's a huge buffet right from this corner to that corner of the hall filled with food thing with buffets is that it is notoriously notoriously good for having it is just good for making overeat if that makes sense right so many options first of all right options is the key here and all the options and if it's a good buffet if it's a good buffet all the options will be equally good and you won't be like no, i don't like this i'll take the other one it will be like i love both i'll take both so the thing with a good buffet is that it makes you take every single item on the menu on your plate right that is the features and a characteristic of a good buffet you must be wondering rylan what are you talking about a buffet why very what are you trying to get to let me explain when you take all of the items on the buffet and you fill your stomach hard right that night after the wedding after the dancing and you know, eating 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 and you fill your stomach with the buffet food you just love it you're like oh, i can't eat any further right i just can't eat any further and then you just leave the plate and you waste some of food which is pretty obvious which you shouldn't but you do because you're overeating the next day when you get up in the morning or when you're at home after you've come from the wedding and then you wake up in the afternoon of course you're lazy and then your mom is like come on come child i made dal chawal and you're like Ah, and then you hear the dal chawal. You know, like you hear the word dal chawal, right? Then you come back to reality. Then you come back to a homemade home, right? You come back to the home food, and then you're like, then, then they tell me if this has happened to you. Tell me if this has happened to you. Okay, what I'm going to tell you, and if it has happened to you, you're going to leave me a comment down below saying yes. Now listen to me. Once you say dal chawal, the instant, instant thing that goes in your mind, I wish 
I had more food at that buffet yesterday night. Let's. I let you take that in. I know you have felt that, right? You and you think like I wish I had more of that buffet food because you start and, and when you think that, when you think that. Your mouth is releasing those flavors. Of course, it's not. But you're thinking that your mouth is releasing those flavors, and you're realizing those flavors that you had yesterday. The delicious chicken, the delicious Chinese, the delicious fried rice. You're thinking, and you're thinking. Now, let me explain into the two reasons behind this and why it happens. One, of course, you're when when you ate that there, you were on a full stomach, and now when you're thinking about it back then, you're on an empty stomach. So, of course, you're going to love that. And second thing. Next time when you're going to eat to a buffet, make sure make sure you tell yourself consciously, I am full. I can't eat a one spoon further of this rice or gulab jamun. And tomorrow morning, I will not tell myself that I would have eaten more because I have eaten to my maximum potential. Because and yeah, that's it, right? You tell yourself loudly, right, to yourself. So next morning, you will remember saying that to yourself, and you wouldn't say you wouldn't say, I wish I would have had more because you know and you knew because you said this to yourself. And you have had to your maximum potential, right? You need to make this conscious effort so that you don't keep crying like a baby. Ah, oh, man, I have to go back and eat this dal chawal, right? Because you know you couldn't have eaten. So another thing, what you could do is to eat to your maximum. Sometimes you don't know true potential. I'm not talking about overeating, but I'm just saying, make sure you eat to your maximum potential. <laughs> Let me tell you about point number five. <clears throat> Now, point number five is is banking on the previous point. That is point number four. The point number five is. Five is overconsumption of starters. Now let me explain to you. For some reason, for some forsaken reason, people make the starters much more delicious than the main course, right? And what happens with this is, <laughs> what happens with this is, we end up eating the starters way more than we are supposed to, which basically fills our stomachs. So that and then the main course isn't compelling enough to us actually eating it. Now, if you're a true foodie, you know. How you eat starters, right? You don't eat one, right, or one or two when the waiter comes. You actually, what do you do? Listen to me, listen. To me. True foodies will go up to the waiter, take the tray from him in the excuse saying, "I want to distribute it to the other people," and then go to the bathroom and eat the entire tray yourself, right? <laughs> Mortals don't do this, okay? We are foodies can do this, and we do this, right? This is how we eat starters, and that's the problem. I just don't understand why starters are <laughs> why starters are so delicious, right? I have found myself so many times. Overeating starters, right? Which I don't recommend. Overeating is not good for health. But I overeat starters, and then there's just no place for the main course, right? And then you eat, right? This beautiful fried chicken, this fried potatoes, and this fried fish fingers, and then there is such beautiful starters, right? And then you go to your uh, main course, and then there's huge, you know, like your plain rice or your jeera rice, and then there's your buffet, there's a dal. I'm like, who wants to eat this? Right? I've already. Why, why don't you just put the main starters in the main course, right? Again, only foodies can understand this. Okay, only foodies can understand this. Okay. <clears throat> Bonus point: overeating. I overeat at times, but I don't condone it. It's unhealthy, and but my metabolism supports it. Right? Just take a look. So you can understand that my metabolism keeps me thin. I'm not being overconfident, egoistic. I'm just saying my body type. Apart from that, speaking on the <laughs> apart from that, speaking on behalf of my foodies, weight is always on our minds. Right. Unlike me, some people, of course, have put put uh, put on weight like regular people. You eat, you put on weight. You don't eat, you lose weight. Right? It's very simple. The mechanics work very simple for regular people. So, although we love, although we love to eat food, you know, the more you eat, the more you put on weight. Right? If you don't burn it, of course, the calorie, that thing. Right? 
so the thing is we so we have to really consciously decide right this is a struggle as well do we want to eat this extra blueberry muffin or do you want to spend that one week in the gym trying to burn it off right again hypothetical example but you understanding right i am so so i see the thing is it's always about being grateful and understanding the situation i always complain me for being skinny and my frame but i'm never i'm always grateful when you understand why it is you know i'm not going to say why it is because i don't know again natural right is but i'm at least grateful that i can eat how much ever i want and whenever i want you know like because i just don't put on weight i can eat the to my heart's content and that is a blessing that is a blessing i won't put on weight that is what that's the thing but for you it is a different case right <laughs> okay if you enjoyed the struggles right if i if you enjoyed the struggles that i just mentioned in this episode and you could relate with it leave a comment down below with a fork telling me which struggle annoys you the most let's get into the question of the day hey rylan which is your favorite cuisine if i'm correct cuisine means like a particular branch of like your chinese or your indo chinese i said the same thing didn't i and your thai thai and your other things which i'm definitely not coming up with at the spot I guess it would have to be Chinese hands down. I could almost eat anything in Chinese all day. Szechuan in particular, or should I say Szechuan sauce, is my jam. I think uh, the 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 thing with Szechuan is that I may be pronouncing it incorrectly, but I've been pronouncing it like this my entire life. It's like when I was reading a couple of pronunciations on the internet. It's like Szechuan, like like Szechuan, like Szechuan. I don't know what the pronunciation is like because like it's the Japanese, right? And then I was reading some history wherein it was called Szechuan or something till the nineteen seventeenth century with that term in Japanese. But then when it was it was called by the old Roman people or something, and then then it got changed to Szechuan now. But still, the Szechuan has a different pronunciation. So it's a huge huge stuff, you know. I'm trying to avoid the that word because it's like the, I don't know if my YouTube uh, YouTube is going to demonetize my videos. It's not even that explicit, uh, but still, okay. I put it in everything, right? I'm talking about Szechuan sauce. Any food without Szechuan is not worthy of my attention. You know your manchar soup, triple, and regular chicken Szechuan fried rice. And if you eat Chinese, you know all the other dishes that I, w- I would have said. But in short, Chinese for the win. If you're, cu- I'm curious, what's your favorite cuisine, right? Do you like Thai? Do you like Chinese? And I'm running out of cuisines to say. Just leave your cuisine down below, and below, and I'll leave you a heart. Like I'll, I'll heart your comment. And that's all I have for this.